going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the vile files ask nick edition i'm your host nick joined by ali amanda and darik 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 i just don't know what to say now i understand the pressure when oh, yeah. amanda gets switched to mm. yeah ladies how are you awful question ladies never, how are you you yeah. never know how to answer how are you I my issue is I okay? I tend to answer that question pretty honestly like not even like there's something bad happening but just like when people ask me how I am I think they a lot of time they expect like a fine whatever good and like if it's someone who's like doing a job and is busy you that's search what your I'll soul do. when I ask but you that when question. people yeah. I like really am like how, how am like check how in with I? myself mm-hmm. yeah have you been hearing the the like hello Teffy uh, audio of like I need to wash my hair but I can't wash my hair now because I have a workout later and then I have. I don't want to mess it up tomorrow. It's like, and I don't want to blow dry it because blah, 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 blah. And it's like how hard it is to be a girl. I'm not familiar with it, okay. but I. I'm going true. through that yeah. equation of planning my summer because yeah. I have some fun events that I need like wardrobe for. And I'm like, okay, but I want to get this for Vegas. But the shoes I wear to Vegas is what I want to wear to Taylor Swift. But the shoes for Taylor Swift have to then go with this, which is the outfit I'll repeat from Vegas when I see this concert in August. What? And so You can't I, wear the shoes twice or no i will but okay. so i have one outfit for vegas yeah with specific shoes uh-huh. those shoes are going to transfer to taylor in june Great. with a different outfit sure. then i'm going to repeat the vegas outfit uh-huh. to taylor in august but then it's like do i just rewear the shoes do i add a jacket it's a that's what i've just been shopping for the summer <laughs> you're stressed about you're shopping for the summer yeah uh, all right Great. Well, are, have you shot? Have you bought your 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 set? No, though? they're just sitting. Screenshots are just sitting on my computer, waiting for me to pull the trigger. The outfits are in your shopping cart, basically. Yeah. yeah. How often do you buy something that you like? Don't don't, don't do the first time. You know what I mean? Like when you when you like get close, like when you kind of edge yourself and you're like in shopping cart. Maybe even go as far as to put in your address to figure out shipping costs. And then if you're like, ah, oh, no, I should wait. Like, do you then go back and buy that thing a lot of the time? Or is it like, if I don't 50, buy it 50, the first time, 50, I'm never going to buy it? 50, 50, I always hem and haw. I'm at a point in my life where- You, you get can, it. You're rich. I just buy it. There's a lot of things I regret buying. Yeah. That suit, the really expensive oh, suit yeah, that you wore once. That I ve- seriously regret that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you got one more good wear out of it. Do you want to come to my murder mystery party? You could wear it there. Tell me, what is this murder mystery party? Oh. Yeah, you've been talking about it a lot and nobody in the office is invited. Well- I wasn't yeah. sure if it'd be your vibe. I, these started in college. I hosted multiple of these in college. I also would host weekly potlucks in college. I love a good event. I would assign everyone. You're the coolest nerd I've ever met. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. There's always a lot of wine. Do you come up with the murder mystery? Um, so the one I'm planning right now, I got a whole kit for Christmas. So I'm starting with that. But the ones I did in college, I would have to like do online research and found free ones. But you always have to make sure you have the right amount of people. And you know who has to be who based on the crime. Uh, how committed. many people participate in this murder mystery? In college, we probably had. Is it fun? Between like seven or ten. I think right now we're at a group of seven. Is there action in it, or like how? Like why? the one I'm planning right now, I have to like stage the crime. I'm going to stage it in a different room so then everyone can like see the crime. Gotcha. And then how long does a murder mystery take place? A few hours. A few hours. So this one specifically is laid out like. Is it courses. like clues? It's like a game of Clue. Yeah, like yeah. everyone has their own persona. 
you interview each other, you ask questions. It's like Glass Onion, like where there's like a crime and it's like kind of a bottle episode. So everyone's like stuck and they're in the same time. Sometime this year. Uh-huh. You can use my house for a murder mystery. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. This is very exciting. Okay, great. I'll circle back. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. We love the therapy on this show. We talk about it almost every episode because it works and it's important and it's important to take care of our mental health and it's important to invest in that because... Our physical health is important. So is our mental health, our emotional health. And if we aren't, if our mentals aren't up to speed, that we can't be our best selves. And it's just amazing what we ask ourselves of when we're not feeling at our best emotionally. And it's okay to ask for help. And sometimes it requires someone uh, with the proper training and the you know professional acumen to help us guide through some of the more difficult challenges in life, uh, whether it's money problems, relationship problems, general life problems. You just go to betterhelp.com. You take a quick assessment of the type of therapy you're looking for. They'll match you with a therapist. And within. You can be talking to a therapist within 48 hours. Uh, they work with thousands of therapists. They're constantly getting new therapists. So you can find someone that really matches your personality with the expertise that you're looking for. Uh, you do it straight from your tablet or phone or computer. BetterHelp really takes away the excuses that you might have. So if, you've, if you're out there, if you're thinking about it, I highly encourage, just try it. Just go to betterhelp.com, put in your information, just give it a shot, you know? See what comes of it. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash V-I-A-L-L today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Do you like shopping? Yes. Do you like rewards? Yes. Well, Rakuten is something you all have to try. There are things in life that just make perfect sense, and Rakuten is one of them. Because Rakuten literally gives you money for shopping. Literally. So whether you shop at Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Bloomingdale's, Levi's, Urban Outfitters, uh, Zappos, Expedia, Dyson, uh, Sephora, these are just a few of the brands that Rakuten works with, and it's super simple. Uh, you just all, all the membership is free. It's easy to sign up. Rakuten deposits your cash back directly into your PayPal account, or they can send you a check. Literally, they send you a check. And I feel like so much of shopping right now is done online anyway, so you might as well just add a reward when you're shopping. It's free to sign up. It's easy to do. Why not give yourself a little added benefit? Not only do you get to look forward to your lovely new purchases coming in the mail, you get cash back now. Get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. So if you shop at all, if you like to shop, sign up for Rakuten, get some bonus, get some awards, get some cash back. There's just no excuse not to do it. Cashback rates change daily. See Rakuten.com for details. Go to Rakuten.com now or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N, Rakuten. So speaking of uh, giving Allie your house, in last week's Ask Nick, Allie's glowing. We talked about a mom wanting to buy a house for her daughter. Her daughter called well, last in week's. because she was her boyfriend was very against the idea. The couple been, dating for, what, seven years-ish? Yeah, seven years, not engaged or anything, but clearly pretty serious um and the boyfriend was really really against the mom buying the house there was a lot of pushback there so, was pushback yes and what was wasn't my advice to sum up some version of why is your why is your boyfriend's insecurity stopping you from receiving generosity from your mom yes there was 
it's not so much like you're wrong. People have a problem with that? People have like different siding details with the that they emphasize. So one person said, I see the boyfriend's point in having the mom pay for their house. It robs him of his sense of accomplishment of doing it on his own versus receiving a handout. It won't mean as much to him. And he probably feels he will always feel indebted to her since she bought them a house. If anything ever goes wrong between the mom and future son-in-law, he may feel she could use that against him. Another person said the mom will have too much financial control and too much control in their lives in general if she buys her a home. Now, all of a sudden, she's the one who decides what type of house to buy, where to buy it. Hell, probably how to decorate it. Is this going to be these, something these she holds are, over her daughter's head? I don't blame her boyfriend for being wary of these it. These people are projecting. I, I mean, these are all like valid questions or, or points if like... If that was the case, we don't know how this mom is going to yeah, act. Yeah, we we once don't know if yeah house. exactly we don't know if she's some sort of helicopter mom, yeah. and we can't assume that just because she wants to generously gift her daughter a house with cash, remember, like she was able to pay cash for this house, and it my my understanding is that she was signing over this house to her daughter as a wedding present if they got married, mm-hmm. and other than him feeling emasculated is the first. Uh, common that's essentially what they're saying it's like you rob him from the sense of accomplishment they're suggesting that he would be emasculated i think it's self-sufficiency it's this idea of like you have this goal that you want to set out and accomplish for yourself and having someone like swoop in and kind of like finish that last bit for you kind of delegitimizes it and also so it's like that self-sufficiency both in the sense of like feeling proud of yourself and achieving goals, but then also in terms of like, how does this person now have control over you? I think is like the pushback. Well, you don't let them have control. I mean, sure. If if she was like, hey, my mom wants to buy me a house. There's all these strings attached in terms of like, she's going to own it. And honestly, she's a little bit of an overbearing mother who doesn't really understand boundaries and inserts herself. Like, uh, clearly, that, that's a problem. But we were talking about a gift. I, 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 I do think that's a sense of like, to- like toxic masculinity. If, if, if you are so inflexible or if you're so fragile that a gift from a, a, a willing parent who has the means is a non-starter uh, with no string. I mean, the assumption was there were no strings attached. She made that pretty clear in the call. Like, so if you're listening to this call and you're having a hard time pushing back with mom and dad or disagreeing with mom and dad and saying, Hey mom and dad, I love you, but like, please don't speak to me this way. Or Hey mom and dad, like, thanks for your input. I appreciate it. I'm not, I'm going to do the opposite. I hope you still love me. I still love you, but like, I just disagree respectfully. You know, if you have a problem doing that, then I can understand why this story could be triggering for you and you might think of all the strings that might be attached with this house. But again, like... Or for you, it just might not be worth it. Like for you, I think for everybody, it's probably a different calculation where for some people, it's like not fucking worth it. If I have to do even like the little bit of paperwork I might have to do with my mom, like if she's the landlord and there's like repairs involved, like whatever that is, like it would be a nightmare. I know for a fact this would stress everyone out. Like it's not worth it versus for other people, they have a relationship with their parents where it's like... They can very much envision a version of not. I think we had a caller a while back and it had to do with, I think it was a couple. I think it was a mediation and it had to do with like mom was a landlord or something. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the details, but in that story, I believe the parent was kind of overbearing and very much 
like controlling and leverage the house as a as a means to control like mm -hmm. yeah well if that's the story then that's a whole different scenario yeah but but those details weren't included those in details the weren't included in the call and the caller made it very clear that the mom like had the means and wanted to do something nice for her daughter and she didn't get any sense of like well my mom is a little this and a little that and i i feel like she could use this against us in the future none of that mm -hmm. you know and so, again, let's be careful not to project our own feelings in our relationships with our, the people. Uh, like, that's how, that's how we give bad advice, you know, is to insert our own life into the advice that we give. I do also think, though, to the point of we give bad advice when we insert ourselves, I think it's a little bit more confusing because we also give fucking fantastic advice sometimes when we assert our, like, insert ourselves. I think sometimes I mean, when I say insert ourselves to like bring in our own personal drama and our own issues and our own insecurities and our own baggage. And then so we get we get a question from someone dealing with some like, f f let's say, parent shit and we aren't getting along with our parents. Completely different scenario, story, whatever. But either way, we're not getting along with our parents. And then we give people advice based off the like what we would like our parents to do or what we think we should do or what we think we have or what we wish we would have the strength to do with our own situation. But we don't. So we tell people to do something else. And we're just projecting that onto them. Like, I, no, I don't think anyone ever gives good advice in that situation. I think people can give good advice when they're removed from a situation and not personally invested. And they can see the story from like, 30,000 feet without any kind of like a personal attachment or being triggered by that story and, you know, relate too closely to it. You know, if it's something that happened to them, hey, five years ago where they've, they've experienced the pains, the ups and downs, they've processed, they've worked through it, they see that situation very differently than they did in the moment in which they were dealing with, then I think that person can offer some pretty solid and sound advice. Like empathizing, just being like, hey, like I'm... I know it's it's tough to go. It I under like but that's really a huge parents difference if someone's like I'm sorry I feel bad for you and if someone's like oh my god like I my relationship with oh, my sure. mom is like this. I don't mean like they're simply just saying oh yeah I'm sorry you're going through this yeah they could say yeah par relate parents are difficult and I've struggled too with my relationship with my parents and it's really hard and I know what you're going through and it must be difficult and like it's okay to feel really down it's okay to feel scared it's okay to feel worried it's okay to feel confused that's empathizing but when you start when you go when you take another step and start inserting yourself and giving them advice based off of your situation that's projecting and projecting and empathizing are two different things yeah and I, I think feel like maybe they, like the should statement is the big thing of like it's i think it's great to like empathize with someone and like be all in on like listening to them but it's when you get to the like well you sh because i relate to you so much on this and i made you feel so understood if i add a should statement in there like you're probably going to believe me or listen to me and that's when it may might get a little bit like murkier yeah. i think we're saying largely the same thing yeah, i mean listen it's all tough i mean but like i think that's the things we should we need to try to hold ourselves accountable to because you know misery loves company too and so when we hear someone struggling, like also we want to empathize, but like, yeah, it's our opportunity to be like, oh, it's happening to me too. And we, you know, a lot of times people go through shit and then they make every situation about them. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, me too. Let me talk to you about my problems. Like, uh. anyway, I, I love the feedback though. It's a, uh, I love the discourse. I, I love that we, uh, we get to break it down. I still think my advice was sound. There we, are. there we are. Um, quickly we have a breakup song of the week. We get this is one that's been submitted multiple times by multiple people. 
So I'm giving it its time in the sun. It's Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor. Also, the better version of that song is... Chris yes. Cornell? Yes, Chris Cornell. His version of Nothing Compares to You is incredible. Okay. So we have multiple artists. Uh, Sinead? Sinead O'Connor. I really... It's like really throwing me uh, like off like the... I don't know why. The, the way she spells it? It's just... It's Sinead. Sinead. Thank you to all the wonderful people who submitted this. Um, one We'll put section. both versions on the playlist. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Sounds good. Variety. And the lyrics that one person wrote were, it's been seven hours and 15 days since you took your love away. I go out every night and sleep all day since you took your love away. Since you've been gone, I can do whatever I want. I can see whoever I choose. I can eat my dinner at a fancy restaurant, but nothing. I said, nothing can take away these blues because nothing compares to you. Nothing compares to you. It's been so lonely without you here, like a bird without a song. Nothing can stop these lonely tears from falling. Tell me, baby, where did I go wrong? I put my arms around every boy I see, but they'd only remind me of you. So there it is. That's a, that's a song that I think you can only listen to within the first week of a breakup. And then it's time to move on. Because that's definitely a self-pity song. It's a great song. But if you want to feel sorry for yourself and being your feels, yeah, that is because sometimes I think you need to yearn a little bit for the person. You like at no, the beginning, a, sure, yeah, at the beginning, totally like yeah. get your yearn on. Go get your sad on. Just get sad. Feel sorry for yourself. Think traumatic things yeah. about like the way that you're never going to talk to their parents again. I have found it so challenging to sign up for workout classes when I know my schedule can change day to day. And the cancellation window is such that when I sign up for a workout class, if stuff goes over at work, if something of one of my other commitments go, runs long, I'm kind of screwed because I'm locked into the class. I think Allo Moves is amazing if you are busy and you don't know when in the day you will have time to work out, but you want to make sure you do. Allo ensures that it can fit into your schedule. They also have some awesome series and it's everything from like various yoga stuff. Maybe you want to do some arm balancing. There will be a six class series where you can get better at that. Or they do like face yoga and other wellness oriented things. They have a series all about going on walks where it gives you music and some guided insight on that. So it really is a way of like integrating any kind of movement that you want in your life seamlessly there without any of the barriers, whether that's scheduling, whether that's cost, whether that's just getting bored with one thing and wanting to be able to change it up. Yeah, their stuff is fun. It's new. Uh, I'm, you know, I like it because I'm always doing the same over and over and it, it just helps mix it up and it keeps me motivated, keeps me wanting to work out. It's not just us that is loving Ella Moves. That's right. It was voted best wellness app of 2022 by InStyle Magazine and best yoga app of 2023 by Women's Health. For a limited time, Allo Moves is offering my listeners a free 30-day trial plus 50% off annual membership, but you can only get it by going to allomoves.com and use code V-I-A-L-L in all caps. That's A-L-O-Moves.com in all caps V-I-A-L-L to get a free 30-day trial plus 50% off an annual membership. Allomoves.com, code V-I-A-L-L, all caps. Babel, language for life. Learn a new language, people, or at least learn some basic phrases to speak to people who don't speak your language. Something that I realized was when I was learning German with my grandfather, that was such a good topic of conversation on dates 
was like when people are like, oh, so what kinds of things are you into? Saying like, I'm learning this language is an awesome kind of conversation starter. It asks people are like, oh, do you have a trip coming up, et cetera. It also just kind of like shows that you're like continually looking to invest in yourself, to strengthen your brain, to expand your world. Um, and Babbel is awesome because there's a lot of apps where it's just like AI and Babbel uses all native speakers. So it's not like you're learning kind of like a textbook version of Spanish and then you'll get to Colombia and be like, oh, boy, I don't understand a thing. You're going to be working with people who have the actual kind of like accent vocabulary that you might be seeing when you're utilizing these languages. Uh, I love Babbel. It's a super amazing app and they, you're learning it from language experts, not AI, whether it's German, Spanish, French. They have 14 different languages to learn from. Key phrases, when you just travel, it's amazing. I've used it when I was in Paris. It was incredible. It made the, I truly made the Paris experience that much more enjoyable because just attempting to speak French really gave me a lot of access. They made me feel like home. It was great. Uh, right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash V-I-A-L-L. That is babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash V-I-A-L-L for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. We have a great episode lined up for you. Before we get to that, a couple housekeeping notes. Don't forget another episode of Better Date Than Never this Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, the reviews are in. People love the show. It's super fun. If you haven't checked it out yet, you are definitely missing out. It is a great, fun community all about dating, and we're talking a lot of sex uh, on dating. We're talking a lot of uh, conversations that people should or should or who aren't having. We're, we're, we're getting into the weeds of, of dating. And it's just, it's just a ton of fun. So I hope you guys check it out if you haven't already. Uh, this week we have uh, Artem Mirren, uh, comedian and Bachelor super fan, helping us break down uh, the next episode of The Bachelor. We also have the one, the only, Lala Kent from Vanderpump Rules with us. Uh, that should be juice. Juice. Yeah, juice. new season. A lot season. of Vanderpump tea online. Yeah, yeah. We're getting to, we'll get into all that. So really... Just covering all the reality TV people lately. If you haven't checked out uh, Francesca Farago uh, from The Perfect Match, if you're watching that, that was last week on Going Deeper. Great episode. Also, we have a new update episode that dropped last Friday. Go check that out uh, for all of the people who love your updates. Some really great updates as well. And we are excited to announce Vile Files Plus premium content where you can check out more and more updates. We're bringing you all the updates you can handle. I know we, we, we're going to keep doing them once a month on uh, the Vile Files regular feed. Plus, if you haven't been able to check out Better Date Than Never because you're working or you know you just don't have time to check it out live, all the episodes of Better Date Than Never will be on there. We'll have all the old episodes. We have some great... Uh, we have an amazing uh, notebook recap uh, of, of the notebook. We have my interviews with all the women from my season on there. Uh, and we'll be bringing more and more uh, recaps, premium content. It's going to be amazing. So check it out. Uh, all the pop culture topics we don't get to during the week. Uh, we're really excited to bring you Vile Files Plus, so be sure to check it out. Question time with Nick. Let's ask Nick your sexy questions. How's it going? Hey, my name is Lisa. I am 23 years old, and my two best friends cannot stop fucking each other, and I think um, one of them is going to break the other's heart. Okay. Uh, who's, uh, who's fucking who? Who's fucking who? Tell so, me the story. How did it happen? Um, it is one of my college best friends and my fiance's godbrother. One of your college best friends and your fiance's mm -hmm. 
god brother. What's yeah. a god? What brother? is a god brother? Basically, well, I Your guess kid. parents were his godparent. Okay, mm-hmm. and then sure. okay. it was like if something ever happened to his yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah okay, then... all right. So his his godparent's son. Your fiance is godparent's son. Okay, so like let's call it's a friend. Him. It's a friend yeah. or cousin or whatever friend. the fuck. Yeah, yeah. And then your friend, your like homie, yes. and so like they're basically um, like in a situation ship. Yes. Okay. She likes him. Yes, she likes him, and it seems like he likes her, but doesn't want to commit. Basically, he's just being kind of a fuck boy. How old is he? How old is she? Um, he is twenty six, and she is twenty four. And have you talked with both of them about this situation? Like, what do you know? How much do you know and how much you don't know? Okay, so I really, so one thing that my fiance and I have tried to do is stay out of it as much as possible, just because we don't really want to be involved if drama is to come along. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I haven't talked to him about it really at all. But uh, my friend, she talks to me about it all the time, just saying how much she likes him. And basically, I told her that she needs to, because she's shot her shot. She um, told him she liked him, and he said he didn't want a girlfriend, which we all know is just a cop out. I was like, you need to just stop talking to him altogether. She, but she won't stop talking to him, basically. So she, and, okay, so when he saw, what exactly did he say when she shot his shot? He basically just responded and was like, because she didn't ever text. And she was like, hey, I really have enjoyed getting to know you and hanging out with you. Um, and I would really like to see if uh, this could go somewhere else. Okay. And he was like, you know, I really enjoy like getting to know you as well. And I've had so much fun. But I just really don't want a girlfriend right now. And that's how, how long ago did that happen? That was in like September. Oh. And since then, nothing's really changed. It changed for like a month or so. And then what changed? Um, How did it change? They just weren't talking. She stopped responding to his like texts okay. and so she, tra- and... she tried to create some boundaries. She tried to distance herself. And he and, and he were... didn't he didn't really respond to that distance. He just yeah, and, basically. Right, he was just like, Okay, well you don't want to talk, you don't wanna fuck. All right, I'm good. All right. Mm-hmm. And then maybe he was... reached out because of boredom, but or she reached out, but nothing really changed. They just slid back into mm-hmm whatever they were doing. Correct. And from that point, you still have decided to like not involve yourself? Pretty much. So the thing that's changed is, so on New Year's Eve, uh, we had a party and they were both there. And I was like, you need to kiss somebody else. Don't kiss him. And then as soon as midnight hit, they were making out with each other. Um, I mean, okay, sure. You know, and then it's, so it's like I was... Yeah. No one's picky. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it seems like they were both picking only each other. There were plenty of other options there. Sure. Um, but how I'm involved with it now is, I guess, she just keeps telling me. She was like, he invited me to come over again. And it's like, seems like it's amped back up more like it was at the beginning. So she was like, he invited me to come over. And I feel like the ball is really in my court now. And I was like, well, how, how do so? you think the ball is in your yeah. court? I, well, that's what I said. I said, how do you think it's in your court? I said, has he said anything about how he feels? And she said, no. And I was like, well, then it's not in his, it's not in your court. It's in his. He just invited her over. Yeah. And so she went and she was like, but I don't just want to be fuck buddies. And I was like, well, he's not taking you on dates. So that's what you are. And she said. She was like, I mean, I guess, but I just really feel like I have a lot more power in this, this time. How so? 
I, yeah. I was like, I'm not going to get, she wasn't asking my opinion. Gotcha. So that's one thing I'm trying to stop giving my opinion if she doesn't ask for it. There's that. So what, what do you think you could do right now? Well, that's what, I don't know if I should talk to him about it. Cause we're super close too. I'm very close with him. I just don't talk. I mean, I just don't want to bring that up because I don't want to like shit talk anybody. I thought about asking my fiance to do something about it, but he was like, I just want to stay out of it. So I, I mean, really listen, I, other than your friend is, it sounds like she's setting herself up for some major disappointment and heartbreak. You could just let it happen. Being a friend, it's, um, it could be a complicated thing. And I don't think people are often as good of a, of a friend as they claim to be to their friends. You know, I think sometimes being a friend is holding your friends accountable when they are 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 not uh, holding themselves accountable for you know doing the right thing and sometimes we need friends to check us and say hey listen i, I love you i believe in you but what you're doing right now is, is not who i want to believe you are in this particular instance she might just need to learn this painful but yet like ultimately not harmful experience that could teach her something in the future about herself, mm -hmm. you've certainly mentioned your concerns, you've questioned her even when she wasn't asking for it. Could you talk to him? Sure. You could say, hey, listen, uh, what, what's going on here? Like, you know she likes you, think you're being selfish. If you wanna date her, great, but like, you know how she feels about you and you're still choosing to sleep with her and like, this is only gonna end badly and I would just like rather not you do this to my friend. And let's say he takes your advice and he listens to it and then he stops talking to her and then she's like, what the fuck? And then he's just like, hey, listen, I, I talked to Lisa and it's just like, she could end up getting real fucking mad at you. Mm -hmm. And instead of learning a tough lesson about uh, not lying to herself and, and not ignoring her boundaries that she tried to set for herself, you just end up becoming the bad guy in her mind and she blames you for this not working out. So I'm kind of in favor of, of you not saying something to him because she is actively choosing to ignore your advice, which happens all the time. We do that. Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes we have to learn our own tough lessons. And I don't, it doesn't sound like your friend's really in all that much like danger, you know, like her, she's playing with her own emotions, but she's an adult person. She's getting advice from you and there's only so much you can do. And I think all, you know, and that maybe that is to simply just sit back and wait for it to happen. And when it does, you don't say, I told you so. You just say, hey, listen, like I've been there before, but next time, like just, you know, I wanted to help you, but you didn't really want my help. You didn't want to listen. And then just remember these moments about like saying she wanted power uh, and like you not really understanding in the future, you know, maybe check in, you know, while she's dating, how's it going? Don't offer any more advice other than just saying you you ask how it's going if she asks you then that's an invitation for you to like try to say hey, listen like what do you make of the fact that you've told him how he you feel and he's choosing to still sleep with you like, where do you think this is going to go like and what power do you have what's going to happen if he starts dating someone else he's operating under the premise that he's told you her that he doesn't want a girlfriend and now he is thinking he can essentially do whatever he wants because, quote unquote, he's been honest, you know, and she's just kind of been lying to herself about what that all means. But, yeah, you can kind of remind her gracefully when this all blows up in her face. But in the meantime, she might have to learn this lesson.
you know i, I guess i'm just more worried like again i'm being like selfish on the fact that like they're both going to be around each other like we're getting married in june so i don't think a lot of things like yeah, up until that do I june's not that far away um they're in a situationship this is not some serious relationship and let's say things blow up before your wedding like do you like and that's on them and she's gonna have to suck it up and go to her wedding and deal with him being there and they'll probably hook up at your wedding anyways you know <laughs> you know what i'm saying like 100 i just oh, don't yeah, probably... i don't really think it's gonna impact your wedding all that much unless i mean you know these people better than i do but i just like from what i understand about the story she might just need to listen to this on her own. You've already tried with her. She doesn't want to listen. And you talking to him might be more of a, like you overstepping your boundary as a friend. And then you could get yourself in a messy situation and she, she could use you as the scapegoat for why things didn't work out the way she wanted rather than taking accountability for her choices in this situation and her trying to pretend and kind of being delusional about what the situation really is. And you might just... And, you know, being a friend in this particular situation might be letting it play out and just keeping an eye on her. And, and, and if, when she is down and sad, you're there to bring her back up and you're there to support her and you're there to make her feel better about herself, et cetera, et cetera. It's All right. What, that sounds good. It's I mean, what that's, I would it's, do. it's the yeah. easiest option. Yeah. No, you, you are trying. Okay. I mean, and again, like the things might change, you know, if she comes to you and says, I'm just like, I'm just fucking done. I'm, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just so fucking addicted to him and blah, blah, blah. You, you know, you, maybe then you talk to him or something like that, you know? Uh, but right now, I, I think you just kind of let it play out. I also think just because like- Definitely you have, shouldn't do it behind her back. I yeah. Totally. No, no, no. I was just going to say like, I also think like sometimes I have the tendency to take on a lot of guilt whenever I have any kind of proximity to a situation, even if I don't have- causation or if I'm not actually someone who's making choices in that decision like I still because I'm like witness to it I have so much like oh I need to fix this kind of mindset and so I'm wondering if like guilt is something that you're maybe proactively feeling of uh, this kind of like oh the, I know they're going to see each other and I know it's going to be in the friend group and it feels one on one hand I worry about the way it could impact this dynamic and like my closest people but then I feel like that's selfish but then I also feel this sense of guilt for not stopping this and intervening and being kind of the point of connection and so I'm just curious if that's kind of a component of this for you yeah that's pretty spot on actually it's like I, I don't I feel like it's gonna be not my fault but like you know I've just like watched her but like obviously she's a grown woman and can make her own decisions and she's not doing that so I guess that's, I'm trying to just like reassure myself that it's the right thing to do is to do nothing. But then also, you know, like, I don't want anybody to get mad at me when I'm like, I don't want her to get mad if I'm like, because they live in the same city. We don't live in the same city as them, but they live in the same city. Oh boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, if we go visit that city, I don't want, you know, her to get mad if we're hanging out with him and his friends and like, she can't come or. I don't know. It's just she's an adult. Yeah, she's like, an adult, and you're not. You're. She's not a you know a teenager anymore. Right. And you in those situations and remind her that like we talked about this, and you didn't want to listen. You know, like you and the fact that she stopped hanging out with him, I think is important mm -hmm. when this all blows up because you can remind her that in that moment she knew it was best for herself. Nothing changed, and. Mm -hmm she decided to change course. She gave into the moment. She gave into her loneliness or boredom. 
And we've all done that. It's human, you know, whatever. You don't beat her up for it, but you just remind her like, listen, like if you want to be mad at someone, you know, I love you, but be mad at yourself. Don't be mad at me. It's not fair. Like you knew we were all friends. I didn't stop you from doing this. You're an adult woman. Like if you guys wanted to make it work, that was all going to be fine. Fine. But like he told you he didn't want to date you. He was honest about that. And I'm mad at him for still like allowing this to happen, knowing how you felt about him. But either way, you played a role in this too. Like you, you didn't help yourself. I tried to help you more than you tried to help yourself. So it's not fair in this moment for you to make me feel guilty by having a relationship with someone just because, you know, you finally realize this is not going to happen. And like, you know, again, being a friend is sometimes offering that tough love still with love, you know, Mm -hmm. but holding your ground and reminding them of, of the choices they made. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great advice. Um, I just, I told her the other day, I was like the, the Steve, I say the other day, it was a few weeks ago, but that Steve Harvey quote, it's like, don't let a man tell you he doesn't want you twice. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I think, yeah, you might, this, there might be some awkward conversations. It might be a little fight between the two of you or whatever, you know, but th- this is nothing you guys can't get through. You know, in these moments, just think about like what what kind of friend do you want to be? We like to say, oh, like, well, I don't. It's not really my place, or I don't want to do this, or blah blah blah. But like, you know, when you see your friend not being the best versions of themselves, uh, we need to check them, unless you don't believe in them. And if you don't believe them, then you shouldn't be their friend. <laughs> I believe in her, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, and you've tried to check her. She didn't want to listen. Now you got to let it play out. You know, she's not hurting necessarily. Like the person she's hurting her the most is herself. And when that's the case, as long as she's not in any danger, sometimes you have to let it play out. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for your call. Yeah. Do your best not to feel guilty and let us know how it goes. Yes. Update us, please. Congratulations on the wedding. Yes. Have a good wedding. Thank you. Thank you so much. I've gotten so much help with like growth of myself and our relationship. We both listen. So we love that. that We we appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care. care. Bye. Like under what circumstances is it appropriate to like meddle or get involved in a friend's like budding romance? When is it appropriate to the meddling your friend's budding romance? I think uh, you're their friend. So what define metal? I, I think it's always appropriate to share your opinion on some level. I'm talking ask. about though, the, like yeah. talking to a, like talking you, to your him. friend. You can't even give your opinion. Your friend meets someone, right? Uh-huh. And you're not allowed to like be like, I don't know. I feel like you should let them ask your opinion first. Depends on what your concern is. Well, yeah. If there's something like that's a blaring safety issue, obviously. But well, I think it's also maybe like asking questions about it mm-hmm. to to cue them into realizing yeah. that you're interested, and yeah. from in terms of just expressing interest and curiosity about how things are going, mm-hmm. and then from there they'll probably ask. Yeah. yeah. I think we uh, like. I think we conveniently choose to like. Well, again, we, I think we make excuses for not doing the right thing often. Like if this, if if you're if you're friends with someone, then part of your job as a friend to make sure that they are being the best version of themselves, and hopefully you're friends with people that elevate you uh, and hold you accountable. And you know, sometimes when we make friends on the playground, sometimes those friends could be bad influences, and and. We have to learn that maybe we're more followers than we realize and things like that. But in adulthood, hopefully, you know, your friends are people that can check you and, and vice versa and things like that. And um, 
you should be able to share your opinion. You do it with respect, you know? Like, you don't say, oh, like, you're, like, do you have the worst taste in men or what the fuck are you doing? It's just like, <laughs> you know? But if your friend, you know, has, has a series of, of, of bad dates and they're constantly frustrated with their dating life and all of a sudden they show you this, like, dating profile of what, like, at least on paper looks like a major fuckboy, then... I don't think you need to like get their permission to like check in. Okay. I have a question for like everyone and like, please in the comments, like respond to this because I've been thinking about this topic for so long and it is, I have one of my best friends in the whole world. She has a friend who they were in college. They did like this comedy group together, became very close. I am convinced they are in love with each other. They always, and she has spoken so many times about how they do, they'll do these really romantic, like lovely hangout dates, but they're both very polite and timid and I think he's certainly a guy who's coming from the standpoint of he's ultra considerate the last thing he would ever want to do is make someone uncomfortable so my read on the situation is that they both are in love with each other neither of them is being honest she's too passive to say anything and then he doesn't want to make this like his female friend feel uncomfortable like oh I've been not actually wanting to be friends with you I've had the secret romantic agenda this has been going on for so long she's admitted that she thinks they would be so happy in a relationship I think this is like her end game like I think if they dated they would get married I feel so strongly about the ways that they are compatible for one another they know sure each other you should play Cupid well I so I've told her so many times I'm like shoot your shot with him shoot your shot with him how is she interested though on a romantic oh, level? Oh, she's certainly interested in with it, in him. She just Does doesn't she, want to like, make a move. Have you asked her permission to like kind of make a move for her? Well, that's what I'm saying. I that's my question to the group is like, at what point do I get to kind of like vigilante this shit? Yeah, I don't think you do anything behind her back. Just be like, hey, listen, you're timid, you're scared. I get it. I love you, but like, do you like? How about I put in a good word? How can I assess out the situation? I don't for know you? this guy though i sort of know uh, i know of him through the years she and i think DMs i've met him, him once or twice <laughs> yeah do it you know like go hang out with her have some drinks and be like let's shoot our shot together with him like why don't you be by her side while you like the worst thing that can happen is he doesn't like you and that's going to be fine but aren't you just tired of fantasizing about the possibility of this guy i have said that to her so many times nick and i have said it, i've said this is not a and what any she friendship she's like, you're no, scared no, of no 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 She's just really, she is one of the most competent, capable people I've ever met in the world. And I think as a result Literally of that, not. a situation, hey, Nick, yes, she is. <laughs> no, yes, she's she is. not. Yes, she is. It, she's, if she was so competent and capable. That doesn't she would always be able, extend to romantic life. So outside of the romantic every, sphere. Uh, I'm sure she's competent and capable in a lot of things. But you said she is the most competent and capable person. Beyond the romantic sphere of life is what I amend that statement to. And I think she is someone for whom she's almost always able to execute things with excellence. And so the uh, uncertainty flaw, of this, you know, and I, I think she judges herself, sure. which I wish she wouldn't. I wish she. I mean, some people are used to being really good at a lot of things and they maybe growing up, you know, a, a, a safe pace, a safe space for failure wasn't cultivated. Yeah, or a situation where if or where <laughs> failure was always a result of not like I'm looking at you, Ellie. <laughs> well, I also just think cause people who have the mentality of like if I just work hard cuz she's not some like arrogant like, "Oh, I'm just good at everything." Like she just she's so no, I, yeah. smart and capable sure. and she can like 
just put her mind to something she doesn't know yeah and and i think this situation is so scary because it's not a failure you can work ethic she's worried how that's just gonna bleed and snowball into her other aspects of her life but But this is her and she hates dating she's having the most miserable time and i'm like you could end it well but there's no no, no doubt because like if she she can't shoot her shot with this guy god only knows what she can't do what else she can't do in her dating life she's just hoping to be picked I know, like, I'm not calling her a pick me in the necessary, but on some level, my guess is she's just hoping to go on the apps, swipe a few times, and have Prince Charming show up on a date one day and, and, and not really require much, like, risk or work or, or putting yourself on a limb uh, or shooting your shot. Making yourself really uncomfortable. Yeah, and being vulnerable. Like, she's not willing to be vulnerable. And you can only be so great. You can, you're only so competent if you're not willing to be vulnerable and willing to take a risk or lose something or face some adversity. So, you know, your friend has, 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 is very far from reaching her full potential in all aspects of her life. And a lot of people don't reach their full potential. Most people oh don't gosh. reach their full potential. I would potential. hope you haven't That's reached your- emotional to think about. Yeah. I would hope you haven't reached your full potential in your 20s. She's not reaching her full potential at, at where she is in her life because she is actively avoiding disappointment. And how good can you really be if you're not afraid to miss some shots? So, you know, and please put, put in the comments, weigh in. Should I take matters into my own hands? Should I reach out to this guy? On some level, you, you should. I think I should too. (laughs) But I don't know what that is. And I think she should be a part of it, but she, she, you can't do it for her. She has to feel like she, she needs that rush of adrenaline of, of shooting the shot and, not knowing how it's going to play out and then dealing with however it plays out in a productive way while you're there to support her. Should we bring on the next caller? Let's do it. How's it going? Hi, how are you? Good. What's your name? I'm Carly and I'm 28. How can we help Carly? I am calling because my husband and I are in somewhat of a standoff when it comes to initiating sex. Okay. Tell us more. So we are high school sweethearts. We've been together for a long time, about 10 years, uh, married three. And um, when it comes to initiating sex, I think because we've been together for such a long time and we're so comfortable, there's not a lot of um, wooing when it comes to to that part of it. And I want to help him understand uh, you know, that maybe he can make it a little more fun or spice up the way that he initiates as opposed to just like, let's just go to the bedroom. Okay. And have you expressed this to him? Um, kind of a little bit, and he kind What's of hit kind me of? with. I kind of make like jokes about it a little bit, um, and I I know what he's attempting to do. Right, we've known each other for a while, so I can tell he's kind of got that look. Like, let's go have sex. So I I meet him, you know, in the middle there, but um, he kind of hit me with, well, he feels that he initiates more to begin with. So here I am critiquing the way he initiates, but he's more like, well, at least I do it. <laughs> so he's saying, well, if I didn't even suggest we had sex, we might not have any sex at all. And you're saying, well, whenever you want to have sex, it'd be nice to know that you want to do more than just put it in me. That sums it up. Yeah. Okay. It's relatable. <laughs> yeah. I think very common. Um, yeah. But the thing is, we, when it comes to the sex itself, we've, we're great. Everything's great. We've put a lot of focus into that and spicing that up. still enjoy the um, sex. Hundred percent. It's totally great. There are a lot, a lot of work into evolving that over the years. Have you so, addressed this via couples therapy at all? No. Okay. No. Well, mm-hmm. 
Not I'll, give, I'll give the old college try, but um, feel free to take this uh, very real issue into couples therapy because I'm guessing make it help. All right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, it doesn't feel like it's um, we're very comfortable like talking to each other. And I think it kind of stems back a little bit to our personalities are, are different mm-hmm. and he's a little bit, you know, I'm a little more bold and, and outgoing and he's a little bit more on the shy or quiet side. So um feels like he needs to like loosen up or have some swag. Like, okay, when it comes I, to- I have a couple notes for you. Okay. One, stop joking about it. It's not productive. I get why we do it. I do it. Everyone does it. But like you making a quote unquote joke about that in that time, in that moment, I don't, doesn't sound like he thinks it's very funny. Uh, and you'll probably feel, make him feel emasculated. That's not going to help your cause. If you want to talk about intimacy and sex with your husband, that's awesome. You should. It's important. I advocate for it, but talk, you know, lead with love. I love you. I love having sex with you. You're hot. Love your big fat dick, whatever, you know, whatever you think he likes to hear that makes him feel sexy and strong. Say that to him and then hit him with the notes. Uh, of what you want or your desires. So just a general rule of thumb, like stop with the jokes and make him feel sexy and compliment him and then feel free to also ask if can, can, can we talk about this? And, you know, I have things I want to work on. I'd love to hear it from you. Could, are we willing to try X, Y, or Z? Yada, yada, yada. No one's a winner or a loser when it comes to who's better or worse in this marriage you're in a fucking marriage you know like it's you you guys are a team and that's it you either win together or you lose together another note i would offer you uh i think you guys should make love without having sex what i mean by that is you know there's always the lingerie and shit like that it's fucking helpful it is like i don't know what it is about lingerie like i immediately kind of want to take it off but it's fucking fun i don't know all right so dabble with that a little bit but like the skin is your large it's it's your most sensitive body part it's your largest organ it's what feels the most and i think you guys could quote unquote make love by agreeing to like set some time apart and touch each other and caress each other's skin and go slowly and play with each other's privates or maybe just each other's skin but you're just kind of caressing each other and maybe you tried, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just with your hands, maybe it's, you get weird and use hot wax, I don't fucking know, but try different sensations, you know, and, and well, talk through it. How does that feel? Do you like this? When you're touching each other, talk about intimate things, talk about your feelings for each other, ask each other how each other feels about what are each other's thinking. That's going to make you guys connect in ways. You know? I could definitely see that. Yeah, because I think, again, given our lives, obviously, we have, you know, a young um, child. So when we both get home from work and then it's the bedtime routine and, and all the things by the time we've eaten dinner, it's like that it's that gap of like, we both want to, but like, how do yeah, we initiate I, I, and how do I, we make I don't, this sexy? I don't even have a kid and I can relate to that feeling, <laughs> you know, so but like you set like, some time, ap- yeah, you set some time apart and maybe it's instead of hitting the gym, you're just like, you go buy something you think he might be attracted to and you guys sit to agree to like turn the lights down, play some music that you both enjoy and just talk while you touch each other and caress each other. You know, 
light fingers up and down the skin and shit like that or whatever, you know? I think uh, it goes a long way and you do it while talking and you do you to ask each other what turns you on and you talk about fantasies, you know, what turns, you know, you guys have been fucking high school sweethearts. Get fucking weird, at least with your fantasies, <laughs> you know, what's some, tell me something crazy. Tell me something you're kind of scared to tell me, you know, mm-hmm. I trust you. You're not going to leave me. Fuck it. No girl wants to have sex with you anyway. I'm just kidding. But like, uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, talk about your fantasies, even if those fantasies get a little weird. I don't know. Create a safe space and maybe grow into that. I don't know. But start by yeah. agreeing to like make love without having sex. So that's like the starting point is that's where, like I said, when it's the evening, we get there, we're kind of like, okay, so like, do I, do you come onto me? Do I come onto you? Like that whole thing of just like someone needs to get started. So maybe it is more of, I need to just so start sit, yeah, leading sit, by example. And, yeah, now you sit down and say, hey, again, I take the first note, you in a, sit down, maybe you're out to dinner, you have a date, maybe, you know, just you and him, you're alone and you say, this is something I'd like to talk to you about. Something that I've been thinking about. I think we should put more energy and effort into our romance. Use we language, not I wish you would do this. I wish you would do that. Why don't you do this? Don't make, you know what I'm saying? None of that. You both could mm-hmm. do better. You know, you both have like got caught up into the grind of life and the marriage and being parents and it's normal and it's, oh, it's tiring as fuck. I know the feeling. I know, I know the feeling of I want to have sex right now. Fuck it. I'm tired. I'm also, I'm curious for you because it kind of sounds like when you're talking about initiation, correct me if I'm wrong here, but like what I'm getting is like, there's kind of this desire for him to like be the initiator and like kind of like take control. And I'm curious if that's coming from like a place of like within sex, wanting to have sex that's a little bit like takes on that power dynamic. And so you want the initiation to start like that because that's kind of what you're hoping for your like dynamic within the bedroom to be like, or if there's a part of you that's like, regardless of kind of like sexual self persona, that's just like, can you make me feel wanted and desired? And like, can you so be the one there? You're you're really spot on with where you're going with that is that's actually kind of how our sex life, the actual sex itself improved is I am more dominant and, you know, like the, the outgoing one and the controlling one, like in our relationship, I mean, controlling in a good way, but just, and he's a little bit more passive. So in the bedroom, those roles reverse and, you know, he is, definitely comes to life a little bit more. And definitely there has been, um, you know, some of those fantasies and some of that stuff that we've had fun with. So it does come from a place of it reverses our roles every single day when at nighttime, he's a little bit more of the aggressor and I'm a little bit more of the passive one. You just need a little more romance in your life. Yeah. I mean, it feels like one of those things though, where like you talk about initiating sex and then, or you have a tough conversation about something and then you don't want to do it right after. It doesn't always translate that way where. Yeah. I'm not expecting you guys to have this conversation and then immediately go do it. Yeah. Well, with sex, for example, like when I, you know, again, you can imagine we were each other's first or everything 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So it kind of came time to figure out like, oh, this, maybe this thing that you do to me you could, we could work on a little bit. He's much more of a processor. So I actually sent him like some sex podcasts and he listened to them and then kind of like showed me what he learned in a way. And that's kind of been a way that that it's really worked for us, like in developing our sex life. So I think that's where I'm leaning into that a little bit with the initiating, because I don't think he responds really well. I think when I just sit him down and like, I know we language, but if I tell him something, it, maybe makes it feel a little more on the spot or uncomfortable since he is a little bit more a processor. Yeah, I know, but it just, it doesn't sound like you've actually tried talking and leading with like, 
compliments and, and, and gassing them up. You know, you ma- you're making jokes. When was the last time you and your husband caressed each other, got each other worked up, and climaxed without fucking? Without, without the sex part. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. When was yeah. the last time that ever happened? Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's been a while because I think we, we both enjoy the sex. So I think we get to that, but I think yeah. I get what you're saying is I think that part of like build up or romance or connection without it is uh, not happening yeah. as much. And I think you can set aside time to do that and it can actually be relaxing. I mean, mm-hmm. lying in bed, closing my eyes, listening to some fucking like sauna music while like the person I love is touching me. Yeah. Okay. Where do I sign up? I don't know. You guys can take turns. One night it's his night. The other, like it's it's how you unwind. Like you can. So I just need to just do it then and not maybe just, just try that and not talk yeah. about it. Yeah, I want to try this. Like, hey, let's. This is kind of weird. It is not that weird, but let's let's try to turn each other on. Let's fuck with each other. Let's tease each other. Let's rile each other up. Let's withhold. You know. Let's. You know. I think that's a good way to put it. Is is I think we're missing the like attempting to turn each other on yeah and fuck with each other and like you know build. dress up in lingerie and like touch his privates or touch yours in front of him and then just stop and get them all fucking wild up and not let them like not let them touch you for the rest of the night and then text him a nude the next fucking day i promise you you do something like that he's gonna come home with a raging heart on and and want to throw you against the wall that makes sense that makes sense how putting in that type of like effort and flirting and all of that. Um, but yeah, but there's nothing wrong with you just starting and saying, let's right just try it. this. Like someone's got to come up with an idea. So it seems like a lot of it is kind of leading with me kind of leading by example or, or starting with that. Well, and yeah, think- because you know what you want. And since you know what you want, you have the benefit of communicating that to your husband, which I know is not always easy, but you should at least want to get to that place. And see if he's willing to get there for you rather than knowing what you want and then figuring out a way to get him to read your mind or guess. And I think we've come such a long way with the sex thing. So I didn't want to hurt his feelings by saying, okay, well, we mastered this. Now this is good. But now, now we got to work on this part. And I don't make it like that's not about you working on, babe. I want to try something fun and new. I want to try something different. You're doing this for me, but I, this is what I want to do to you. Let's just mix it up. Make him feel good about himself. Men love a compliment. Men love to feel validated. Men love to feel sexy. They love to feel good about themselves. They want to feel yeah, strong and powerful and, and they want to feel desired. So just make them feel desired. And I bet that goes a long Absolutely. fucking way. And tell them how hot you are for him and tell them how you just desire him and you just, oh, you just can't. Ugh. And I think it'll go a long way. <laughs> Try getting each other off via your skin, which sounds a little murdery, but you know what I mean. I, I'm following. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, thanks. I'll send you guys an update and All right. All I'm right. sure I can get him on uh, next Can't. time if you guys want. <laughs> We'd love that. <laughs> Sounds good. All well, right. thanks for having me. Take care. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. In the comment section, if you have something akin to like the, like the specific of like caressing each other's skin gently, if you have like a little hack that really changed your sex life and you yeah. want to help some other people out, feel free to share it. Uh, in the comments or, or in the DMs if you like if, a little yeah, privacy. If you want it to be anonymous, that's fair. But also, it's we're adults here. Be a hero. Be a hero. Save a life. <laughs> yeah, we should definitely do that. How's it going? <laughs> My name is Sadie and I'm 39. How can we help, Sadie? So I was wondering if you could help me decide if I should blow up my life to get out of my family's house. Okay, that sounds 
dramatic and intense. Yeah, dramatic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, who is the family you are speaking of? Let's start there. So my entire family, but I don't have a family like yours. It's not huge. Um, it's my parents and my brother. Okay. A little backstory is I have lived on my own from 18 to 33. I've moved different country or not countries, states. And most recently I moved back home following a very bad breakup okay. where I had moved to Massachusetts and it ended abruptly and terribly. And I'm I moved sorry. back home to regroup. Yeah. Everything was going really well. Uh, next thing I knew, I got another job. I was really comfortable. Me and my parents get along great. We're more like roommates actually. And full disclosure, I am not the best at saving money. So I could have been saving a whole bunch of money during this time. And I was, but it's towards retirement. So it's not accessible money. Sure. I was throwing a lot at retirement. And a couple months ago, my brother abruptly told us he would be moving back in because he's getting his second divorce. Okay. How's, how's bro? He is five years older than me. Okay. And we all haven't lived in the same house since I was 13, probably. So Wild times. Yeah. I was a little concerned and I, I spoke my concerns to my parents that it would just, I might need to leave just because I love my brother. I don't necessarily want to live with my entire family. Yeah. Obviously, it's kind of stressful. He's got a lot of um, stressful things going on in his life with his job and the the ex-wife and uh, he's got some physical disabilities which are making his life hard so okay a couple arguments have happened with me and my parents and has he I'm moved home wondering. yet oh yeah he's been home he's for been a couple home. months okay are you suggesting you don't have the money to move out on your own like what do you mean by blowing up your life like what like as today as you sit here mm -hmm. today what are you actually contemplating doing i am contemplating i don't have like a whole lot of money to put on a down payment. But if you're a first time home buyer, you don't really have to put down that much. I'm considering if I need to taking some money out of retirement and getting my own house. And I had had a dream. Part of what I, why I was still staying at home was I had decided I wanted to retire early. So I was going to right. save a bunch of money, retire early. If I am paying on a house, which I've done I've been looking actually the past couple weekends. Um, any payment in the area that I live in that I would make is at least almost 50% of my income. And I make pretty good money working as a, I work as a surgical tech and I feel like I should be able to live on my own and it not be half of my income. Everyone says the internet, everything says you shouldn't spend more than what, like a third of your income on the roof over your head and utilities and stuff. Yeah. This is significantly more than that. I would not be able to save any money. Certainly couldn't put what I've been putting into retirement. So I would have to abandon any retire early ideas and just maybe be house poor. Yeah. Ultimately, what you're trying, what you're considering is taking a risk, right? You're, and following a dream, I have no problem with you taking risks and following dreams. That's great, right? I don't love the fact that you're uh, uh, thinking about this during a time of crisis that you're 
that you're experiencing. You know, I don't, chances are you're mm -hmm. still working through the heartbreak and the therapy of whatever caused you to end that last relationship abruptly, you know, and moving home. I know what it's like to, after one relationship, I moved in with, with my grandma Phyllis. And uh, that was, that was, you know, I look back now and I'm grateful. But during the time, it was, uh, it was a challenge to my psyche uh, <laughs> to, to do that, right? And um, I remember thinking about, I want to move here, move there. And, I'll, you know, I ended up moving to Chicago a few years later. But I just think, one, you should just be careful about making major life decisions while you're experiencing crisis. However you think and feel in this moment, you're probably not thinking clearly because your your body and your mind is is literally trying to just get through each day and kind of a survive emotionally, you know, like with when it comes to heartbreak and say, like it's it's a lot on our bodies and it's a lot on our emotions and our hearts and 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 I think we just have to be okay with allowing ourselves to feel. As I've gotten older and as I've dealt with uh, disappointment in my life i i've i'm grateful that the pain i have felt in the past has gotten me to a place where uh i now just allow myself to feel whatever it is i'm feeling and i allow it to, to just kind of take over me anger sadness disappointment depression happiness you know whatever and i i don't feel pity for myself you know i think when i was younger and i was i got when people disappointed me or hurt me and, and especially those close to me, you know, cause that's usually the case, right? People we love the most will hurt us the most. If for another reason, then we thought we could trust them. And then we realized we couldn't. Um, and I spent most of my time, at least early on, just it's a lot of feeling sorry for myself and a lot of self pity. Uh, and that consumed all my energy and I didn't even get to the point where I was even processing what I was sad about rather I was just kind of feeling like, why could this, how could this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? Shit like that. Um, and I don't know what you're going through when it comes to this stuff, but like, it would be normal for you at times to be like, oh, I can't believe I'm living with my parents. Can't believe I'm living with my parents with my brother here. I like, oh. And it wouldn't surprise me if that type of mindset is also playing a role where it's like, fuck, I can't, I can, this is not who I am. I am better than this. Like I make good money. Like I, like fine, it didn't work out in Massachusetts, wherever the fuck, but like I am better than living with my parents. And I feel like I need to do something big and I need to do something bold in order to let myself know that I'm not a total fucking loser. That is definitely a feeling that I have. It doesn't help to, you know, whatever coworkers or something of course they all know that i live at home you hear from all sorts of sides that like yeah. someone my age should not be living at home sure yeah well eventually the they're going to experience some shit in their life and they're going to think i can't believe whatever age i'm at <laughs> this is happening to me we all eventually deal with shit where we're just we, we are in literal shock we can't believe it's happening to us but it happens to all of us and you might not hear about it, you might not see it, but it, it happens and it happens in its own way. And the worst thing you can do is try to compete with colleagues and peers and, and make really huge decisions that can affect you negatively in the long run. I mean, if you want to overextend yourself for a house, go, go nuts. Like, I'm, it's not the worst thing in the world. At least you're investing in real estate. You know, you can always get a part-time job. You can work harder. You can, you know, but is that the life you really want? 
you know, you can always buy a house and then rent it out. You know, the renting market's pretty fucking good right now with interest rates being what they are. I think uh, people, a lot of people can't afford homes and are stuck renting and maybe you're in a position to, if nothing else, not live there, but earn it, you know, get some sort of residual income there. You have some options. I just think in general, what your primary focus should be on is your mental health and therapy and taking it easy on yourself. And I have no problem with you not like, I'm, I'm glad you're out there treating yourself. Whatever you've been spending your money on, good for you. Take some trips. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the, you know, who wants to buy in a house right now with interest rates being as high as they are, honestly? Yeah. You know, maybe save some money. In a couple of years, they'll come back down and maybe you'll, you'll have more money saved or maybe you'll have, you'll be making more money or you might be like, I don't run, I don't, what am I going to do with this big fucking house? Like, you know, what if you want to move to South Carolina sometime? Again, you can rent the house, but like right now you're in a very transitional period and and, and in a lot of ways, buying a house is a very non-transitional thing. It's a very permanent thing. So, you know, you can always sell your house and yada, yada, yada. But what you're thinking of doing, I feel confident in that you're trying to do it to make yourself feel better about all the other things in your life that you feel is not going the way you want or the way you hoped or the way you expected. And I promise you, it's not going to change that feeling. You have, the, you have your whole life in front of you, you know? And just be open to just having ideas of what you want. You're 30, what, 39 years old? Who the fuck knows what's going to happen? Like, so you don't think I'm too, it's not bad. It's not. I'm not a failure to be living no. with my parents at 39. No, you, you took some risks in your life, some shit happened, and now you're dealing with it. That's all it is. You're just like everybody else. Uh, yeah. But you will, I promise you, you will remember this um, differently in the future. And you won't look down on yourself. And almost certainly you will remember this time as something that you overcame. And like I look back and I, I, I cherish living with my grandma truly cherished no i mean yeah i love my parents i'm happy to have any and all the time that i can have with them to focus on that gives a shit about like who cares i've never you know i don't know who you are i've never met you and i can assure you no one's ever been like you know who's living with their parents <laughs> you know like who gives a shit you know and anyone who points it out i promise you there is something about their lives that they're not happy with. And they would rather point out your failures than look at their own. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. I'm certain of it. I'd bet my life on it. I would, I, would take, I would take a breath. Yeah. I'd keep looking at houses, get into it, research, investing yourself. Nothing wrong with becoming more educated on different type of investment opportunities. See how committed you are to this by starting to save. And if you still have a hard time saving, then maybe deep down you realize that you're not really committed to this. Mm-hmm. Because if you do buy a house and overextend yourself, you're going to have to drastically change your habits. So start changing your habits first before you sign the dotted line to see if this is something you're really capable and, and, and more, cap- more than capable wanting to do. Because there's a lot of things we say we want to do. And at the end of the day, our actions say otherwise. You don't, I don't know if you really want to buy a house and I don't know if you really want to overextend yourself. I think what you really want right now is to f- not feel bad about yourself. And certainly buying something like buying a house like this, it, may, it would make a lot of sense of like, uh, it would be a sense of accomplishment, you know, but I, 
you know, I would just be careful the state of mind in which you make it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Take care. I would love a Thank you. I'd love an update. Just I on, will on your mindset in a couple yeah. in like in a month. Like well, how are you feeling? What have you been working on? Investing yourself right now. And investing okay. yourself doesn't mean you have to go buy a Ferrari, you know, <laughs> or a house. You can just right. learn and take care of your mental health and take care of yourself and, and take care of how you feel about yourself. Your heartbreak happened abruptly. And it often feels like we're often reminded of how, how quickly bad things can happen, how quickly things can change, especially when it's bad. But the same thing can be true about good things. You know? That is true. In six months, There's your life could be side. completely different. You just aren't aware of it. You don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know who you're going to interact with. You don't know what experiences you might have that might completely alter how you feel about yourself or your situation. And maybe it happens a little bit longer. We just don't know. But uh, as long as you keep investing in yourself and, and make decisions for future you and present you, you know, with, with thinking about that in mind, and uh, I think you're going to be okay. All Thank right. Thank you so much, guys. All right. Take care. Take care. Can't wait to hear from you in a month. Send us an email. Update <laughs> us. <laughs> I will. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget Artem Marin tomorrow for Bachelor Recap. Uh, Lala Kent on Thursday for Going Deeper. Go back and check out the update episode from last Friday. We'll see you tomorrow.